Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. a shout of praise. Come on, put your trust in Him tonight. Put your faith in Him tonight. Activate that faith inside of you. Come on, you didn't tune in just to to hear some scriptures read. You didn't tune in just to jot down some points. You tuned in to receive all that God has for you, to be built up, to be equipped, to be strengthened, to ready to conquer the day, to conquer the week, to conquer the year. Come on, Freedom House, activate your faith here tonight. Jesus, we thank you. We put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Come on, Freedom House. Well, it's so good to see you guys again. My name is Pastor Brian, your coast at Mesa Campus Pastor. And I'm accompanied by my wife, Alyssa, here tonight. Good evening, everyone. And we are, we are ready to, to jump into the scriptures with you to continue our study here on the book of Galatians. Um, and man, it's been awesome just being able to go verse by verse through the book of Galatians. Previously, we're going through the book of Philippians. Um, and it's just when, when we get into the scriptures and, and, and we dive into it and we see all the, the richness of, of God's word and how, it, how it's so applicable today. Sometimes we can read it and be like, man, I don't even know how this applies to 2020 or 2021 or to my life today. But when we, when we sit down and, and, and as Pastor Lou said last week, when we meditate on it, when, when we allow, when we absorb it, when we allow the word to come in and, and, and read our heart, um, it, it is amazing just to see how it comes to life in our everyday relationships and, and all of those things. Yeah, I, I love what you said that through these Bible studies, like, yes, we, you know, we're able to read the text and dissect it. But the biggest thing, especially for 2020, is that we've been able to give practical and spiritual tools on how to uh, to activate and to live out these uh, scriptures in yeah. modern times. Yeah. And so we're excited to be able to, to continue here tonight uh, through the book of Galatians. Of course, we want to give honor to our lead pastors, Pastor Sai and Pastor Marie Silva. Man, what an amazing weekend we just had at our marriage conference for all, the, all of you married couples that were able to attend both in, both in person and virtually. I know you guys were, in, in, were strengthened and were equipped. I know for us, we walked away like, man, God, thank you for that because our marriage came out strong. I believe every marriage that tuned in whether in person or virtually, your marriage was definitely strengthened and prepared to march ahead and go forward. So thank you, Pastor Sai and Pastor Marie, for, for loving your congregation and loving your people, loving the people at Freedom House the way that you do, putting on um, and bringing in the best of the best, you know, year in and year out to strengthen marriages, to strengthen families, and to strengthen the church. So we love you guys. We honor you guys here tonight. Of course, we honor our children that are tuning in with us here tonight. They always be watching. They're like, I want to hear mom and dad say our names. And so we love you guys. We used to be able to just say boys. Now we say children. I'm pretty sure I've said that every Wednesday since we had. But, you know, I guess when you're the only girl, you get get a little bit more acknowledgement than that. So, uh, but without further ado, we're going to pray. And then we're going to jump right into the scriptures here tonight. So let us open up a prayer. Heavenly Father, would you guide our discussion tonight? Would you guide our study here tonight, Lord, would you illuminate the scriptures, Father, not just before our eyes, but in our hearts. Would you illuminate the scriptures in our heart? Would it bring about faith? Would it bring an endurance? Would it bring a perseverance? Would it bring, Lord God, a lasting legacy? 
Would it break soul ties? Would it break curses, Lord? Would it break the power of sin as it illuminates within us and activates the Spirit of God inside of each and every one of us? We thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Well, grab your, get, grab your Bibles, grab a pen, grab your note sheet, your phone, whatever you're going to use to take notes tonight. Grab a seat. We're going to grab a seat. And we're going to jump right into the scriptures here tonight. So we're going to be starting, uh, Pastor Lou and, pa- and Tina, they, they, went, they started chapter three last week and they went verses one through about nine. Uh, we're going to start in seven as a brief recap um, and make our way. We'll see. I gave the, the media team, I said, hey, just take it through verse 18. We'll see how it goes. You know how these things go. Sometimes <laughs> we make it, sometimes we don't make it, but that's the beauty of going verse by verses. Next week, we'll pick it up right where we left off. And so... I love how Pastor says we're season ticket holders. Season ticket holders, that's right. You, you, you got the season <laughs> yeah. ticket, so make sure you tune in. Uh, don't miss it. But uh, starting in verse 7, here tonight, uh, the Bible says, it says, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying... In you shall all nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verse 10, it says, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. You're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not a faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Okay, so we got through about verse 14 there. We'll go through there. We'll see if we get to 18. Um, but essentially, we're picking it up where, where Pastor Lou and Tina left off. And, um, and with Abraham, how it says that through Abraham, through Abraham, that all of those who are of faith would be considered sons of Abraham. And so to properly understand what that means, like who's Abraham? I thought we believed in Jesus. Who is this guy, Abraham? Well, Abraham is considered the, one of the fathers of the faith. Okay, he is, he, yeah, Father Abraham. He had many sons. And if you got faith, you're one of his sons too. You're like, what? That is not my grandpa's name. But we're having Sorry. fun here tonight. Um, but God, so Abraham is considered one of the fathers of the faith. So back all the way in the book of of Genesis, God calls Abraham, okay? And Abraham, without the Mosaic law, without the Ten Commandments, okay, without a Bible, hears this call of God on his life and by faith obeys it, okay? And so God says, because you have obeyed my voice, because you have listened to me, and done as I have told you, 
all of your sons will be blessed. Well, before Jesus came, okay, before Jesus came, it was believed that only those that were of Jewish descent, because that was Abraham's uh, uh, ethnicity, it was believed that only those of Jewish descent then could live in that blessing because you would have to be of the same ethnicity and of the same family line in order for you to be considered a son of Abraham. But God says, not so fast, my friend. That's not what I was implying. What I was implying is that all of you who activate your faith in Christ Jesus the way that Abraham did, you will be considered a son of Abraham, not by ethnicity, not by your last name, not by the color of your skin, not by the, by the, by the country of origin, not by the country you currently live in, but by faith, you will be a son of Abraham. So in other words, all of us who confess our faith and put our faith in Jesus then become sons and daughters of Abraham. And so thereby, because we're sons and daughters, we become heirs. Mm -hmm. And so because we are heirs, we then get to receive the blessing and the inheritance that flows from that lineage. And I know I said a mouthful, (laughs) but to put it in layman's terms, it would be like you getting adopted by somebody who had a lot of wealth And now because you're that person's son, because he's adopted you, you get to inherit his riches. Okay, we, by faith, become adopted sons and daughters of Abraham, but most importantly of Jesus. So by becoming adopted sons and daughters of Jesus, we then get to receive the inheritance or the blessing and favor that comes with the promise that was made to Abraham. So because... It is by faith that we are sons and daughters of Abraham. We now go to verse 10 where it says, all who rely now on the works of the law are under a curse. So to give you proper understanding, again, we're, 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 this is Bible study tonight, so we're dissecting. You, get, you're, you guys, are, this is a free preview of Freedom House Bible College. <laughs> We've been talking about the New Testament letters in Bible College. It's been amazing. Ask any one of our Bible College students Um, or administration, they're going to let you know how powerful it's been, but we've actually been breaking down these letters here by Paul. And so Paul is trying to get this Galatian church who are, most of them are not of Jewish descent. So they're like, we don't, we don't get to fall under this blessing. Paul's like, no, you do get to fall under this blessing when you activate your faith and you put your faith in Jesus. You now become an equal with the Jews. Regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your last name, regardless of your country of origin. However, it was still believed because of the Old Testament and because of the prominence of Moses. Okay, so when Moses in Jewish tradition, um, and even, I mean, still here in, in our Christianity and in our faith, Moses was, was he, he was one of the heroes. Okay, he's, he's in the Hall of Fame or, or the Hall of Faith, as Hebrews would say. He was in the Hall of Faith. Okay, he, he was a man that, that, that God found favor on. God gave him the Ten Commandments. God gave him the law. And so there was, um, a, a, there was a, a belief and there was such a, a rich honor that the people carried for Moses and for the Mosaic law. Okay, so for the law that was given then to the people. So in order to understand, because now we're like, well, by works of the law, we're under a curse. I thought that was a blessing. Well, at the time, 
in Exodus, it was a blessing because the people of Israel, they didn't have what we have here today. When we activate our faith and we say, Jesus, we believe in you as our Lord and Savior, we believe it in our heart, we confess it with our mouth, the Holy Spirit then comes inside of us, okay, and comes upon us, and we now have the ability to have relationship with Jesus. We now have the ability to walk out our faith. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit, so they couldn't rely on their discernment. They couldn't rely on the Spirit leading them to make the right decision, so God had to give them the Ten Commandments as well as the rest of the 600 plus laws that God had put in place to show the people, this is how you should properly honor me and love me. So to the people and to the, to the Jews of that time, in order for them to properly live for God and show their love for God, they had to obey all 600 yeah. of these laws, including the 10 commandments. And um, I know for me, that was kind of how, I know both of us were talking, that, that's kind of how, how, how I remember being taught the Bible growing up, going through junior high, going through high school is, yeah. well, you can't do this and you can't do that. And so that's where Jesus says, or where, where the scripture says, for all who rely on the law are under a curse because when you didn't obey now the law, there came punishment. Yeah. There came a penalty that had to be paid. And outside of the spirit of God, none of us are capable of living up to this law. And, and that's where we have to, where, where we now by faith, the Holy Spirit then comes because when Jesus died on that cross and rose again, he then broke the power of sin, okay? He broke the curse that was over us, okay? That's where the uh, book of Galatians goes on to read, in verse 13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So because Jesus died the way that he did, okay, it was everyone who died on a tree. So the cross was made out of wood. So it was considered everyone who died on a tree was considered cursed. But Jesus was perfect. Yeah. So to then now... Um, crucify a man who was perfect and without sin is the power of evil worked against itself and now Christ reversed it and then redeemed us and brought us back in to right standing so that no longer are we tied to fulfilling the law line by line, rule by rule, all the way down from top to bottom. Now Christ has fulfilled that for us so that we can live freely. Yeah. However, most of us, we fall into the trap of, of bringing shame and condemnation on us because we were taught that, well, we have to follow this and this and this, this and this to where we become more consumed with the law than we do be consumed with Jesus. Yeah. And I, you know, by saying that, you know, I was, I, I grew up the same way. Of yeah. these, the Bible was a book of do's and don'ts, but never explained to me yeah why we don't do certain things. And I think that comes back down to just having relationship with Christ. And 100%. when you have that relationship and, and that mindset of, you know, he wants what's best for me, not what's good, but what's best for me, then the Bible doesn't, isn't a, a rule book, a, a law book of yeah. things. And, you know, I grew up 
with people telling me, you're not supposed to have sex before marriage. You're not yeah. supposed to drink. You're not supposed to do this. But nothing was explained to me why. Yeah. And I think that created a religious mindset to me. Yeah. And where I wasn't fully, like I didn't fully understand. Yeah. So I made flesh decisions, not faith decisions when yeah. it came to, to sex, you know. And, so and with sex, I didn't understand the soul ties. I didn't understand the emotional damage, the, um, you know, the, 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 the not having any value yeah. or worth or who I was created to be it, other than it was just something lustful and it was good and someone told me not to do it. So, hey, I'm going to do it, yeah. <laughs> which is not right. But again, I didn't have that faith understanding as to why I'm not supposed to do that, why God didn't intend for me to live that life. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, that comes back down to relationship and understanding who God is and yeah. who God has created me to be. Yeah. I think that's good. I think you hit it. You hit it right there when you said it is. You, you're making flesh decisions, not, not faith decisions. decisions. And the truth is, is sometimes we think of like a flesh decision as like something that is sinful. Yeah. But really, a, a flesh decision is a decision that is not made by activating your faith yeah. by by not by not consulting, like you said, your relationship with Jesus. And and so often, you know, and in the in the scriptures, that's how the religious people believed. Mm-hmm. Is they believed that their actions. And their conduct is what made them acceptable to God. Yeah. It's, what, it's, what, it's what approved them to God. It's what showed their worth. That's why Jesus would teach the disciples. And he says, you know, I, I don't want you to pray like those who stand on the corner and have these long-winded, uh, you know, they use every word of the dictionary prayer, but their heart is far from me. Yeah. He's like, like it doesn't, it's, not, it's not about conduct, it's about faith. Right. Now, when you activate your faith, the conduct follows, but it starts with your faith. It's kind of like what we talked about, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago when, when we taught um, towards the end of Galatians chapter two and, 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 and you, you, go through, you go through the motions, you do all of the right things, mm-hmm. but your heart or your faith is not in it. And that's why the Bible says that it is impossible to please God outside of faith. Um, and so we have to know that, that, our faith is what builds relationship with Jesus and relationship with God is all God has ever wanted. Mm -hmm. It's all that he desires from us. When he established Adam and Eve in the garden, it was, he wanted relationship with them. Now, when that relationship had been breached, now that's where sin came in, okay? He calls Abraham to use Abraham, but he establishes a relationship with Abraham. He says, Abraham, if you'll follow me, I will bless you. There, there's a relationship there. Right. There's, there's an investment there mm-hmm. of relationship. And that's really, you know, what, what Paul is trying to combat here um, in Galatians and really all throughout the New Testament church. And really these things are still happening today. Okay, there, there's a religious mindset versus the relationship mindset. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. There is an aspect of our relationship with Jesus that can be religious, mm-hmm. okay? Um, for instance, because I think sometimes we, we, we like demonize the word religion or, 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 yeah. or, or a religious act and we say, oh, well, no, I'm not that. I, I'm relationship. Well, well, true faith has, has, a religious, has religious undertones to it. Um, and so like, for instance, like if you brush your teeth every day, if we're using the word in context, that would be, <laughs> A religious act. And so I right. hope you're brushing your teeth every day. <laughs> and if you are, 
then we'd be able to say, hey man, you're religious. And you'd be like, oh no, I'm not. I got relationship. I have relationship with my toothpaste. No, 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 no. It's just a religious act that you're doing. Um, and so for instance, when, when we have relationship with God, we pray religiously because that just means that we're praying consistently, that we've activated our spiritual disciplines because that spiritual discipline of prayer, that religious act of praying every day builds our relationship. Now, there is an aspect of, of, of our prayer that needs to be personal. Our prayers can become religious if they're just repetitive. But if we actually have a relationship, now, if I woke up every day and I said the same thing to you, honey, you're beautiful. I love you. Have a great day. On day one, you'd be like, oh, that was sweet. Yeah. On day two, you'd probably be like, oh, man, he said it to me again. That's awesome. On day three, it might still work. By day five and day six, like come Friday, Saturday, you're like, bro, you've just been telling me the same thing over and over. Can, can we come up with some new content here? Because <laughs> it's no longer authentic. Yeah. I feel like it, it's now, it's just becoming a saying. There's no longer emotional investment in the words. Mm. It's just something that you think pleases me, so you just keep saying it. Right. And that is at the heart of what it is to have a religious heart versus a heart that is filled with relationship is we wake up and we tell Jesus the same thing that we told them yesterday, the same thing that we told them five years ago, the same thing that we told them 10 years ago, but there's no emotional investment that comes through it. Yeah. Our mind, will, and emotions is what makes up our soul. When we, when we invest our soul, our mind, will, and emotions into the relationship that we have with Jesus, then that's when we see actual change. Then that's when God says, now you are blessed. With, with you saying invest, all I can think of is like investment. Yeah. That when you make an investment and you invest X amount, you don't automatically see the growth. Yeah, it true. takes time. And sometimes that investment goes up and then it goes down and yeah. it'll go up and it'll go yeah. down. And same thing with relationships that yeah. you're investing in. And the, the good thing about your investment with God, it's always going to go up even when it looks like you're going down. Because... When you invest in your relationship with God, even though it may look like he may not be there or it yeah. may look like, um, you know, you, you're going to, um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my mind. You're going in the wrong direction. <laughs> going in the wrong direction. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. You know, and again, when it comes down to relationship, God is a relational God. Yeah. He is there. He's the first person that wants to know you. He's not that's waiting good. for you to approach him. Yeah, I mean, he is, but you know what I mean? He's yes. there and he's willing. Yeah. You know, there's no resume. There's no predetermined checklist. There's no uh, qualifications. Right. He's there. He's waiting. And he wants to be in relationship with you. And I think at this point, you have to take a look into your heart and, 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 and say, okay, God, I'm done running. I'm done doing yeah. what the world has, has shown me to do. Yeah. I'm, wait, I'm willing and ready to invest in this relationship. But you have to make that decision because he's waiting. Yeah, and, and the religious mindset is if I do this, then, there should, then it should cause this reaction. reaction. Mm -hmm. And so for, for re religion is... I show my love through works, and so when I, when I show my love through those works, then there should be something that brings an immediate reaction because I did this, it almost becomes an equation. If I do this and I do this, then it should equal this. But like you said, when that investment doesn't return right away, somebody who bases their love and their affection off of works, they're gonna feel like, well, I did all of the right things, 
but God didn't respond, so I'm just going to stop doing those things right. for him. I'm going to stop giving my works, where the relationship is, God, I do my part, but then I know, because there's relationship there, that that's where my faith is activated, that even if I don't see it on my time, you're still working because that's what your word says, that I do my part and then you do your part. And maybe it'll, it'll, it'll happen when I think it's going to happen. Maybe it'll happen sooner. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll happen later. But my trust and my relationship is that, God, you're going to accomplish what you want to accomplish when you see fit. And when you do move or when you don't move, it is still for my benefit. Mm -hmm. Because if we had it our way, we would do all of these things and then we would bring on something that we think is a blessing, but is really a cursing. Mm. Like how many things out there that you've prayed for that five years down the road, you're like, man, I'm so glad God didn't give me that prayer request. I am so glad God didn't give me that relationship. I am so glad God didn't give me that job. I'm so glad God didn't let me get on that airplane. I'm so glad God didn't let me go on, on that business trip. I'm so glad God didn't let me go to that culture. Because who knows where I would have been had he granted me those things. But that is what the religious mindset is. The religious mindset is I'm going to do the X, Y, and Z. And then when I do X, Y, and Z, God, now it's your turn. and if you don't do it right away, then you don't really love me. Hmm. Religion shows love through works. Relationship shows love through faith. Now, as I shared about during our giving portion is faith without action is dead, but it is led by faith. My love for you is not led through my action. My love for you is led through my faith, which then causes the action. Um, and, And true righteousness is seen through faith not by action. Like you said, even when you're doing the right thing, so even you could be doing all the right things, then my question to you is gonna be like, okay, well, let me hear you speak. Mm-hmm. Because for the, for the religious person, is that they could have all the ducks in a row, okay? They, they, could, they, got, they got the Bible on the coffee table, okay? They got, they got the cross, they got the, the, the scripture sticker above the, 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 the kitchen table, <laughs> you know, yeah, they got the, the number, the first preset on their car is tuned to like air, air one, or it's tuned to the fish. And, and you got this bumper sticker and you say, Jesus lives here, fueled by the Holy Spirit. Okay. My turns are only when Jesus oh tells me to go left or right. I'm just, I've never seen what? any of those stickers, what? but Hey, maybe they'll sell business idea. Oh um, my goodness. But you can do all of the right things. <laughs> But what will show the evidence of your relationship is how you speak. Mm Because the Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth flows. So what comes out of your mouth will show where your faith lies. Is your faith, is everything that God's going to bless you with, is it, does it rely solely on the things that you're doing or have done or where you came from or how you've prepared? Or is it, reliant on God and supplemented, supplemented with the action. Is your trust, I wrote this down, is your trust in you making the right decision or is your trust in Jesus? Because if we rely on ourselves to make the right decision 100% of the time, we're always going to end up finding ourselves in situations where we're like, God, I thought it was going to work. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Would you come and save me? I promise I won't do it again. If you just come and save me this one last time, I promise I'll give the full tithe. I'll give it on time. I'll do all of these things. And we end up saying those prayers because we try to manipulate right. situations. We try to put our hands, our good deeds 
to things and to situations and to circumstances that only the hands of Jesus can fix. I wrote this down too, write this down. It says, religion relies on the works of our hands. Relationship relies on the hands of Jesus. Dang, that's good. Religion relies on the works of our hands. Relationship relies on the hands of Jesus. Let's keep reading the scriptures here. Um, Going to verse 11, it says, now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law for the righteous shall live by faith but the law is not of faith rather the one who does them shall live by them christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree so that in christ jesus the blessing of abraham might come to the gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith, that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So he says, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, I know we, we, we've kind of, we've said it. I just want to make sure that you have a proper understanding of the scripture. Okay, the, the religious people of that time were teaching that you were only in right standing with God. Okay, that is what righteousness means, is to be in right standing with God if you were following every, if you didn't break any of the laws, okay, if you didn't break the 10 commandments and you didn't break any of the laws, then you were in right standing, okay? The truth of Jesus, okay, and the truth of our faith and what we put our faith in is that Jesus already paid the price so that by faith, we can be in right standing with God. And that even when we slip or even when we fall or even as we miss the mark, as is the true definition of sin, when we don't, when we, when we do break that law or we do have a stumbling moment in our life, that that doesn't throw us off, that we are still in right standing. That is where grace comes into play, that by faith, we are in right standing with God, that it is not reliant on, on, on how good of a job we're doing. It's not reliant on how many times you showed up to church last year. It's not reliant on, on, on your progress report or your attendance sheet. It's not reliant on those things. Your, your right standing with Jesus is only based off of you putting your faith in Jesus. That when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you are in right standing with God. That is what it means that by the righteous shall live by faith. As we taught a couple weeks ago, the justification then that comes with that is that when you put your faith, not only are you in right standing with Jesus, but now all of the sin and all of the shame and all of the guilt from your past is removed as well. So no longer do you have to carry those burdens. No longer do you have to, to carry around the shame or the guilt or feel bad about serving God because when you were 14 or 15 or 20 or 25 or last week or last year or earlier today when you messed up, you don't have to carry that with you forward. That when you come to Jesus, you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and you activate your faith and you put your trust in God all of the weight and the burden of that guilt and shame and condemnation is removed off of, off of you so that you can continue to live in faith because it is only by faith that we can please God. Yeah. See, religion, religion teaches us that we please God through our actions. And so what happens is then we carry the burden of not being good enough. Yeah. 
We carry the burden of not serving enough. We carry the, the shame of, of, of not being at, at, at such a high standing. We, we, we carry the burden of, well, I've only been saved for one year or two years or five years. I haven't been following Jesus my entire life. I haven't been following Jesus for the last 20 years. I haven't been following Jesus for the last 10 years. I just came to him, and so therefore I'm not good enough. No, 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 no. Your faith brings you to equal standing. Yeah. Your faith brings you to equal standing. And so for us, um, as, 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 we, as we break it down, and, and this is why Jesus taught the disciples that it's not, about, it's not about your posture. It's not about your action. It's not so much in saying the right thing or doing the right thing or being in the right place at the right time as much as it is um, activating your faith in those circumstances. There was a time in Matthew chapter 17 where he goes up, um, Jesus takes James, Peter, and Paul up to the mountain and, or not James, Peter, Paul, James, James, Peter and John up to the mountain is known as the transfiguration and, and Jesus um, reveals to them his true identity. Well, during that time, while they're up on the mountain, the other disciples are out praying for people. And when Jesus comes down from the mountain, there's a man that's possessed by, by a demon there that the disciples couldn't pray, that they couldn't cast the demon out. And so Jesus ends up praying for them, cast the demon out. And the disciples then ask him, they say, Jesus, why were we not able to pray this demon out? Why were we not able to cast out this demon? We, 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 we laid hands on him. We were there. Yeah. We, we, we said all of the things that you told us to say. You said we, 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 were, we were in the right position. We were in the right place at the right time. Why didn't it work? And Jesus says, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Essentially what he's saying is it's not about the works of your hands. It's not about what you're capable of doing in your own spirit, but it's about when you activate your faith through prayer and fasting, and you allow my spirit to come and work, then my spirit will come and will break that addiction. My yeah. spirit will come and will break that generational curse. My spirit will come and remove that guilt, remove that condemnation, remove that perversion, break that curse, break those, those generational habits and strongholds and addictions that have been going from generation to generation to generation. Jesus says, when you then put your faith in me and you activate your faith in me and stop trying to do it with your own hands, then you'll see those things break in your life. And that's where also the other, the other my, my wife's got Sorry, something to I say. I, I'm, I, I'm, I know, I know, I'm, I'm, go, go for <laughs> I know, it, you're in the, you're in Go the, for it, you got it. No, I was just gonna say, you know, one of the biggest things that, that it's a com combat of faith is yeah. doubt. Yeah. And when you doubt, like, okay, God, can you really fix my marriage? Can you really restore this relationship? Can you really uh, break these addictions, these lusts, whatever it may be? When we start doubting God, just because it has, he hasn't moved yet in that time that we want him to do, then we're not relying and activating our faith. We're trying to make something do or uh, manipulate it to something to fulfill our flesh and our time and our wants. Yeah. So when we start doubting God, yeah. then we're now operating in our flesh. We're not allowing God to, to, to move on our behalf, yeah. to, to perform the miracles and yeah. to do only what he can do. Yeah. Why? Because we, we cap him. Stop capping God. So I, I just feel just led to encourage someone, stop doubting God. He's going to do it. Whether you're in the waiting season, be patient. Be patient in the waiting season because God is going to move on your behalf. 
but stop doubting him. Don't allow your impatience to make you a busybody. That's what, you know, don't, don't allow your impatience to, to, to then think that the power is in your hands. No, no, no. The, the, yeah. the power of our faith well, you know, is in our patience. Yeah, well, well like you're saying impatient, you know, we, we tell our kids, like, we have a surprise for you. Yeah. And they're in the car and they're like, oh, where's our surprise? Are we still going to get our surprise? Mom, where's our surprise? And they're like asking us 10 million times, like, where's yeah. our surprise? Where's the surprise? Yep. And little do they know it's at home and it's waiting for them. They just have to be patient. That's so good. There's, there's a time in, in Luke chapter 10 uh, where Jesus is um, about to, you know, go into Jerusalem. He's about to, you know, head into be crucified. And the Bible tells us, it says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. In another gospel, it also says that Mary broke what's known as the alabaster box. She took an ointment, she poured it out on Jesus's feet and she wiped his feet with her hair and with her tears. And essentially the picture that we see here in Martha's home is you have one sister who thought that her actions is what was going to please Jesus. Her actions, her, her skill, her talent is what was going to honor Jesus in that moment when really what Jesus was looking for in that moment was a sister who was going to give her, give him that relationship. And so Mary, rather than serving, decided I'm going to take the posture of worship. I'm going to sit at your feet. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. I'm going to invest in you emotionally. I'm going to invest in you with my mind, with my will, with my emotions. I'm going to give you my soul. Whereas Martha, and again, this isn't, doesn't make Martha evil, but Martha, it says, was distracted. She wanted to, to, to give God what her hands could make. She wanted to give Jesus what her hands could make, when really what mattered in that moment yeah. is what Jesus' hands could make of her life. Mm. And so often we get caught up in this church, if we're, not, if we're honest with ourselves, okay? Now, th- this... Serving is, is great, and we have our dream team, and our volunteers, man, we're, need, we, we, we're rebuilding, we're restoring, and we're reviving, so I don't want you to take this out of context, but our serving, even on a Sunday or a Wednesday, even a part of our dream team, part of our ministry team, it has to be activated out of relationship. Yeah. The reason why burnout happens, as people will say, or, oh, you can't serve at a church too much, or you can't, you can't serve every Sunday, you're going to burn out. No, no, no. The reason why burnout happens is not because you're serving every Sunday. The reason why burnout happens is because you're serving not from a heart of faith, but from a heart of acts. Good. And you'll never be able to please God with the service of your hands. You'll only be able to please God with the service of your heart, with the service of your faith. And I can tell you, I've been on staff here at Freedom House now for, it'll be nine years in June. I've been here for 11 years, um, almost going on 12 years at Freedom House. And outside of going like on a family vacation, 
We've served every Sunday. Yeah. And, and, and I, don't say that, I don't say that to boast. It's not about boasting because there's still a long way for us to go. And we've come a long way. But the heart is if, if we were going to, if burnout was a matter of showing up every Sunday, we would have burned out like three or four times by now. Burnout happens when we no longer place our faith in Jesus. We only place our works in Jesus. That is when you get tired. That is when you get burdened. That is when things begin to fall off because you no longer activate your faith. You only activate your gift. God doesn't just want your gift. God wants your faith. Jesus tells the disciples, he says, come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Meaning that when you put your faith in Jesus, when you put your faith in Jesus, living for him, the yoke that goes, we're about to go on a tangent if I break down the yoke. Okay. (laughs) Well, come back. That the yoke, okay, when we put on the yoke of Jesus, that's what keeps us walking in line with what he has for us. So when we, when, we, when we put on his yoke, it's light. It is easy. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't, it doesn't pull us in the wrong direction. It is easy when we put it on. Yeah. And his burden is light. The only way that it is easy and light is when we lead with faith, not with gift. When we lead with, with faith, faith, not with action. Um, and, and, and it's when we finally say, you know what? I'm not going to be consumed with, with trying to do things with my own hands. I'm going to trust God. And when you get to that point, that's when the curses are broken. That's when the strongholds are broken. That's when the soul ties are released. Yeah. That's when, when, when the generational curses and, 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 and the depression and the anxiety and the worry, all of those things are released because you said, God, I'm not going to try to do it in my hands. I'm going to let your hands come and do the work that only you can do. You know, I, I had that moment back in college. And if I was to show you a picture of Alyssa back in 2009, 2010, you would see the hurt. You would see the brokenness. You would see the depression. You, would, you could see the alcoholism. You could see the uh, drug abuse. You could see the lust, the perversion. You could see all that. And I think about relationships and I think about back then when I was chasing a relationship that just was not what God had intended me to, to be with, to be in, but I was doing my best to manipulate it and, and force the hand of God to make that relationship work. And when you force the hand of God to move, he's going to allow you to go through it, but you're going to be bruised. You're going to be a mess. Why? Because it's going to bring you back to him. And when you have that breaking moment, like I did, I was at my, my just breaking, breaking point, yeah. just saying, I'm done. I can't live like this. You know, suicide was on the list of things to do. Yeah. And I'm so thankful because God saved my life that I know he can save your life. And I know there may be some of you out there that are dealing with relationships. How do I get out of this relationship? Or how do I move forward? How do I fully surrender that to God? And let me just encourage you and tell you, you just got to do it. You got to do it. You got to break those soul ties. You got to break that addiction. You got to break that that lust or whatever it is that's holding you down you got to break it and it just takes one step that's all it is it's just one step and one moment for God to come in and sweep you off your feet just as he did with me yeah and and that was that's exactly it it's what 
It's the lie of the law. Okay, it's the lie of the law that through your good works, you can break certain things. When in reality is when we put our hands to things and we don't apply our faith to it. Mm-hmm. In our humanity, in our flesh, in our sinfulness, we actually make things worse. Right. Where if we would just take the step back and say, Jesus, I need you. Mm-hmm. I can't do this on my own. I know I'm skilled. I know I'm gifted. I know I got experience. I know I got this. I know, I know in my mind it makes sense. But if I just try to apply my hands and I don't apply my faith in you, then nothing that could come out of this will be pleasing to you. Right. But it's only, it is only when we put our faith in Jesus that he comes and turns it around, that he comes and lifts the burden, that he right. comes and brings the breakthrough, that he comes and brings his blessing. He removes the curse and brings his blessing. And that is what Paul was trying to get the Galatian church to understand. He's saying, look, don't listen to the religious people that are trying to say you're not doing enough. Your faith is enough. Yes. Your faith is more than your hands could ever accomplish on their own. And when you apply your faith in me, then the gifting will come. But I don't want you to move your hands first. I want you to move your faith first. It's good. I don't want you to move your hands first. I want you to move your faith first. Let me put it in 2021 terms. I don't want you to move your Google search first. I want you to apply your faith first. It's good. I don't want you to, to look up the diagnosis. I don't want you to look up what could possibly happen if what the doctor said was true. I want you to apply your faith first. I don't want you to start thinking of what's going to happen to your son or your daughter if they don't turn back, if, if, if they continue to get caught up in the things that they're getting caught up in. I want you to apply your faith first. Before you start going and searching all of their friends on Instagram, how about you just stop and pray? The most powerful prayer a parent can pray for their children is, God, remove any influence that would lead them away from you. Yes. Remove any influence that would lead them away from you. It's good. And when you pray that prayer, you won't, need, you won't feel the need to go searching through their Instagram friends. You won't feel the need to go and, and search through their text messages, which again, parents... Hold your children accountable, okay? You need to teach them that accountability now or else they'll reject it later. So I'm not saying don't do it, but you're not gonna feel this anxiousness to where if I don't check their text messages, then, then I, I don't have control. No, 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 you're not in control. None of us are. The only way, the only way we could make the burden light and the yoke easy is by saying, Jesus, would you come? Would you remove the influences, God? Would you come? Would you break every stronghold? Would you come? Would you break every soul tie? Would you break the, the, the power of sin over our bodies, over, over our family, over our children, over our world, over our circumstances, over our communities? And God, would you come and do what only, what only your spirit can do? Let's go ahead and stand. Stand to your feet wherever you're at tonight. We're gonna, we're gonna close in prayer here tonight, but... I think for most of us, especially here in America, we are, we're led, we're led by, by our ability to rationalize. And, 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 and it's a good thing, you know, we, we go through school and we go to college and, and we're, we're, we're taught to be intellectual. But in the spiritual realm, there are certain things that can't be broken by your rationale. There are certain things 
that can't be broken by your, your ability to be intellectual. There are certain things that could only be broken. There is a blessing that could only come. There is, there is a hand of favor that could only come when you say, Jesus, here's my faith. Not here's my works, not here's my gift, but Jesus, here is my faith. And I just feel like there's somebody out there tonight that needed to hear that. That you've been you've been you've been striving you've been martha in the kitchen you've been cooking it up and you've been trying to set the atmosphere and you've been trying to make sure that every fork is at every table setting and and you've been trying to make sure that ever there's no dust anywhere in the house and jesus is saying i just want you to be still just be still and know that your faith is more than enough that your prayers are more powerful than your ability to sweep the floor that your prayers are more powerful than your ability to sing and worship, that your prayers are more powerful than your ability to, to, to make money or to put a spreadsheet together, that if you would activate your faith, that if you would seek me with all of your heart, you'll see mountains move, you'll see chains broken, you'll see that the, the dead come to life, you'll see your children saved, you'll see your marriage restored, but you gotta understand that it's not in the power of your hands, it is in the power of his hands. Come on, somebody say amen. Let's sing this. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.